Jamie D and Big News, and we come at you every week talking all things Buffalo Bills football, and you know that I'm Jamie D'Amico, and if you know that I'm Jamie D'Amico, you definitely know that he's Big Chris Newton, and we have such a good show for you today. In this podcast, we are going to talk about not only the game that just happened, we're going to talk to you about what is coming up in the Bills schedule, and more importantly, what it's going to take to get these Buffalo Bills into the playoffs where, Newt, I got to say, if they can just get in there, it looks like they're ready to do some damage, right? I just, first of all, man, I just want to say during our production meeting, which is like the few minutes we talked before we get on here, I vehemently disagree with what he wanted to talk about. I don't want to talk about what's coming up. I don't care about the Chargers right now. I don't care about the Patriots, and I damn sure don't care about Miami. We need to spend an hour, however long it is, before you guys get back to work. We need to talk about this game for an hour, man. Mm. How about them Cowboys? How about it? (laughs) How about it? Yes, I am talking my stuff today. How about them Cowboys? Everybody said we was going to get whooped. Everybody said we was dead in the water. And I just simply tweeted, we ain't dead yet. Last week when we beat Kansas City, I tweeted the same thing post-game. But it was lowercase letters. Now it was uppercase letters with an exclamation point. Okay? How about them Cowboys? And I got to say that. How about them Cowboys and let James Cook? That's all mm. I'm saying this week. That's all I'm saying. So, so anyway, you can talk about the Chargers. You can talk about the Patriots and, and winning percentages in New York Post. And all. You can talk about that. That could be good. I just want to talk about this game because this game is the most impressive. What? It's the Miami game <laughs> and then this game. It's even, this was even better than Kansas City. This oh, was, it was way better than game. Kansas City because we, the Bills could have easily lost that game. Right. We dismantled the Cowboys, just like we dismantled the Dolphins. So I just that's all, man. I'm just like, yeah, it's Tuesday afternoon. I, I know I haven't been drinking yet, but yeah, I, I'm just, I was excited. I wanted to do the pod Sunday night, but we got to wait to Tuesday, make sure we get news out the way for the Wednesday release. So, but yeah, man, that, that was awesome, man. We we murdered those guys. We choked them out. We, we monkey stomped them. We monkey stomped them. <laughs> I love it when you say monkey stomp. And just one one more time for me. Can you please define what a monkey stomp is? <laughs> just imagine you get beat up by a big old silverback. Like <laughs> just imagine you just get you get monkey stomp. Like that's not just getting beat up. You're getting beat up by something that's just way bigger and stronger than you. <laughs> you know I'm, I'm picturing uh, do you remember those old commercials i i think they were like samsonite commercials and uh, they would often show them during football games like in the mid 80s and you'd have like a gorilla jumping up on time uh, up and down on his samsonite luggage yes the show how tough it is. yes and that big old gorilla's jumping on top of you, stomping you out. Yeah, that's what we, that's what we did to the Cowboys. Yes, and it was so awesome, man. It was in those conditions. It's gonna be cold. It's gonna be rainy. It's gonna be a ruckus crowd, national TV, and we just 
we choked the Cowboys out, man. We put them to sleep. You know how you yeah. your brother used to wrestle and y'all hair like each other, try to put each other to sleep. That's that's what we did to the Cowboys. <laughs> well, I was 10 years older than my brother, so it was like I had to be careful not to hurt him. Ah, gotcha. Although one time, oh my God, I still feel guilty about this. I got a little carried away. I put him in a spread eagle and hurt him bad. He was like probably 12 years old. And like, I, yeah, I hurt him bad. Um, to this day, I feel terrible about that. <laughs> to this day, he still talks about that and he want to kick your butt. And every once in a while, he brings it up. Does he want to kick my butt? <laughs> probably. Probably. He's had his chances, though. <laughs> mm, he could he could take me down he could take me down with little effort these days so yeah mm. I, I don't think he wants to too badly he already would have gotcha yeah man it was a great game dude I mean and the best thing about it was we won handily and Josh Allen didn't have to be Superman 94 <laughs> yards oh. passing with a touchdown he broke a, he broke a record of most games with Touchdown, a touchdown rushing and a touchdown uh, passing in the season with 10. Um, mm-hmm. And so it, it was great to see that we didn't have to rely on him and put the game on his back, especially in those uh, weather conditions. But let James Cook, man, 25 carries, 100, 179 yards, and then two catches for 42 yards, and he dropped a touchdown in the third. So – those numbers, man, That now he's looking like the pick we use to get him. Not Because at first I was like, man, Singletary's playing well. My boy up in uh, Indiana, Indianapolis is playing well. But no, nah, man, Cook was a difference maker. And we get, if we get production like that, and once again, kudos to the new OC, uh, Brady, for unleashing him, man. Because I feel like we both felt like we should be running the ball more at times. At, at times, yes, but they couldn't do it well enough to try to lean into it too far. So that's why I wonder who had the better performance. Was it James Cook or was it the offensive line? Because don't look now, but the much maligned Spencer Brown had a 92, yes. almost 93% pro football focus that. run blocking grade. Yes, I saw that. Yeah. And he did some things out there that were absolutely phenomenal. For example, they used him to pull over to the left-hand side of the line a lot from his right tackle position. And he decided that on on one of his pulls that he sees Micah Parson coming down the line with him, stays with Parson, and gives him a couple shoves on the way, shoves him into traffic, before pulling and taking a linebacker out mm-hmm. as he came around the corner. It was like, holy cow, he's he's multitasking. <laughs> yes. And then we're and I think the play of the year, if we go on to do some good things, we're gonna show the run where uh where uh Cook almost scores and then Dawkins he took a man against his will twenty yards downfield and pancaked. Pancake after 20 yards. <laughs> that was one of those moments you say, oh, Dion, oh, don't do that to him. He's got a family. Yes, that was that was bananas. And I and I was sitting there with Jay, and I'm like, see, that's how it's done. That's that's <laughs> the expectation. When you can do that, and that's when you know you're going places. But let's go back to what you said about the offensive line overall. 
Mm-hmm. I got a little pushback on that. Okay. I don't think the offensive line just got good two or three weeks ago. Okay. And and Cook, if I don't know, I, I don't know what his yards per carry under Dorsey was, but I'm sure it's not too much more than what it is now. I feel like Dorsey was just I'm gonna give you a hot take. Why not? I'm going to give you a hot take. I feel like Dorsey was just friends with Josh Allen, and he wanted to make Josh Allen look like a superhero. It was times where we should have been running the football. And and Cook would have four yards of carry, five yards of carry, but then we don't run it anymore. Mm-hmm. This, this kind of game could have happened under Dorsey. But I think Dorsey just felt like, I don't know if it was because of friendship. I'm not going to try to insult his integrity like that. I'll just say that he felt like, the keys for us to winning is for Josh Allen to be the hero. Hmm. And we proved, we proved under Brady that we have talent in other places, right? And because I always say offensive line play is not just on the offensive line. It's dictated on having somebody special in the backfield, right? Hmm. And we've seen that he could be special. Right? He catched the ball out the backfield, even though he dropped one. That's fine. We had a bunch of drops. Um and that's one of the things I'm going to critique, but I'll get to that in a minute, right? But we know Cook can make people miss, yeah. right? And I don't know. Have you seen the documentary on Barry Sanders, Bye Bye Barry? I uh, No, I have not, but have I need to because I loved watching him play. You got to see it, dude. I watched it Sunday morning to keep my mind off the game, and it's on, uh, it's on Amazon Prime, right? And so if you get a chance, y'all, see it. It is amazing. And I, I was a big Barry Sanders fan. I do feel like he's probably the best running back all time. Mm-hmm. Um, just the the way he makes people miss in close space, that's when you know somebody's special. And I've talked about this just coaching Pop Warner. Kids that can make people miss in small places, that's when you know they're special. You know, you'll have mm-hmm. coaches, oh, my – my son's a quarterback or my son's a running back. And then they, I talk about this all the time with Jalen Gaines. And, and parents, come on, when the, their kid only gets a yard or two, come on, O-line, block somebody. And I'm just like, you don't know football. You're just yelling because your kid isn't making nobody miss. But you put a kid back there that's special, he's going to make two, three people miss, and he's going to kick 10 yards when he was getting hit in the backfield. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's that. that's the difference. And Cook really showed that with his 25 carries. He made people miss. So to say that the offensive line got better, not, don't get me wrong. This is the best offensive line that Josh Allen has had, right? Mm-hmm. But only thing changed <laughs> from this performance to a month ago was our OC, who, once again, I questioned when we let him go. So, you know, once again, I'm gonna pat my, I'm gonna continuously to pat myself on the back because I made that call. So if we win the Super Bowl, <laughs> I want something from uh, one Bills drive. Oh, you do? Oh yeah, <laughs> I deserve something. And don't get me wrong, I think, I think Dorsey is gonna get another. I, I said it then; he's gonna get another opportunity. But I think it's other factors that was involved. And once again. I don't know this for sure. I'm going to just, you know, give you a hot take. It could be his relationship with Josh Allen. So if you're friends with somebody, of course, I mean, just like I said with coaching. Yeah, when I coach Jalen, obviously I'm going to leave him on the field the whole time. I mean, I, you know what I'm saying? That's my son. So that's what he was doing. If this is my friend, I'm going to try to get, get him all pro, get him MVP. 
And sometimes that can be to the detriment of the team. And, I, and that's what I choose to believe right now unless I hear something different. All right. Okay, let me give you something different. All right. Offensive line gets all the credit for the fact that in this game against the Cowboys, James Cook averaged 4.2 yards per carry before first contact. Did you hear that stat? Or am I, uh, am I busting a new one on you? No. No, I'm listening. Oh, you said, did I hear that stat before you just said it? No, I didn't. Yeah, okay. Yeah, over four yards of carry before first contact. Now, first contact can be anything. It could be a tackle, can be, you know, just somebody reaching their hand out and playing tag with him. To me, that's an offensive line that is absolutely motoring. Now, the situation was also set up well for it. The the Cowboys don't have a good run defense, right? And they were missing their best run defender, who is injured. Throw into that, they have a two hundred five pound linebacker right. who the Bills ran at on every possible play. And that's what I was going to say. That might be more because they were trying. They didn't really stack the box. All right, they were trying to stop our pass, and we torched right. before. They mm-hmm. never adjusted to that. So. And, and and Dallas has a great defensive coordinator. That's why I was surprised where they didn't. I mean, but, hey, they lived and died in nickel, and they died on Sunday, Sunday afternoon. So I I would credit that more to the defenses they were playing versus our offensive line in that situation. The other thing that I want to point out, and this is where I think it might be a little bit different from what you're saying. I don't think Ken Dorsey was out to make Josh Allen look good. I think Ken Dorsey had a very specific idea of what he wanted to happen. And if you looked at Josh Allen's face in the middle of the season, the guy looked lost. He wasn't having fun. He looked depressed. He was talking about things like keeping it low positive. What the hell does that mean? Low positive. I have no idea. But you look at this game. The dude is barreling over people. He's, you know, putting down his shoulder. He's going to the sidelines. He's whooping it up with the fans. He's having a good time. He looks like the fun, dopey Josh Allen that we all came to love. Not this robotic guy who was saddled with a terrible play caller. I'm, I'm going to call it what, it what it is here. Ken Dorsey's offense was terrible because it was a terrible play caller. He called approximately two different plays over 50% of the time. Right. That's not how you do it. I agree. And now this Bills offense is changing it up. They're running a bunch of different route combinations. They're changing up their personnel. And Josh Allen looks like he's having fun, I think. And, you know, just going back to the Dorsey thing, I think Josh Allen found out that he is not, in fact, the one running the organization. They let him have more say than he deserved. And what he realized was, number one, his friend was not up to the task at hand. And number two, his own performance is the reason his friend no longer has a job. Tough lessons for a 26-year-old, huh? I agree. I agree with everything you just said, man. But did you hear him in a post-game? He said, you know, he only had 94 yards, you know, Passing and going mm-hmm. into it, I wanted him to tear the uh, Cowboys apart individually because yeah. I do. I want like it was still it's still murmurs that he's up for MVP. He's still yeah, in the top so. five. So I'm thinking, okay, it's national TV, national game of the week, four o'clock East Coast time. If he goes out there and tears uh, 
and outperforms Dak Prescott, he might get into the, you know the conversation, you know, meaningfully, right? Mm-hmm. But after the game, he said, you know, he feels like a kid, and we all can attest to this. Yeah, he, he feels like the kid that did a group project, didn't do nothing, and still got an A. And mm-hmm. oh, I was so tickled. Oh, that cracked me up because I feel like everybody can attest to that, you know. So he's okay. And I and I told Jalen this. I'm like, he don't mind not throwing a bunch of yards. You know why? Because he still gets the win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he still gets the win. It's great if he, he performs well, but you still get the win even though you didn't have to do anything. You could be pedestrian. Because after the game, they sure said he, he's 2-0 against Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing. And, I, you know, I think, you know, we, you and I have debated, should quarterbacks get – should that be a thing, your winning percentage? Because it's the ultimate team sport. So right. why are you talking about winning percentages like it's golf? Like it's all mm-hmm. you, you know? And, and this game is just like, I mean, he did nothing. And to tell you the truth, Dak Prescott, Press but and he got meaningless yards at the end against our second and third teamers, but he outdueled them, you mm-hmm. know? So do you think that they should do that? That Josh Allen should get the quarterback should get wins. Should that be a thing? No, I I don't think that quarter. I don't think wins are a quarterback stat. Mm-hmm. I I think it's hard to win without a good quarterback. But at the same time, no, I I do not think that wins are a measure of a quarterback's ability. For example, I've had so many people say to me, "Well." You judge a QB by the number of Super Bowl wins. Okay, are you telling me Trent Dilfer, Brad Johnson, those are the outliers? Mark Rippon are better <laughs> quarterbacks than Jim Kelly and Dan Marino? No, those no, are the, absolutely those not are the outliers. Though most, it, it, there is a correlation between Super Bowl wins and Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Those yes, guys aren't Hall of Fame. I don't know if Mark Rippon is, but I know Trent Dilfer and uh, what's the name ain't Hall of Famers. No, and Mark so, Rippon certainly is not. Okay, so there's usually a correlation. If you win a Super Bowl and you're a decent quarterback, you're going to go Hall of Fame. Probably. And if you win a Super Bowl, usually your head coach goes in, your GM goes in, your owner will probably go in. <laughs> Hell, you ain't even got to win the Super Bowl to get all that. We lost four of them. Jim Kelly's Hall of Famer. Uh, 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 Ralph Wilson's Hall of Famer. Uh, uh, Marv Levy's Hall of Famer. So Joe can, Flacco is not a Hall of Famer. Joe, Joe Flacco, he ain't dead yet. You know, you know. And Yeah, he's not dead. but He's um, not dead yet. You can't say it was like Baker Mayfield. Everybody loved Baker Mayfield for dead. Baker Mayfield's not dead yet. <laughs> um. So, quarterback stats. No. What won the Buffalo Bills this game was the running game and the defense. When you take one of the hottest teams in the NFL and you hold them to three real points, they had a garbage time touchdown, but That's you hold crap. one of the best offenses in the NFL to 10 total points that's coming off of five consecutive wins. Your defense did something. Uh, what's bull crap? No, I'm just saying that's bull crap that they scored that last touchdown against our twos and threes. 
Oh yeah, I, I thought you were saying this bullcrap that I I said that it was garbage. No, time. no, 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 no. I'm sorry. No, yeah. no I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just saying that that touchdown was bullcrap. But yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, a- absolutely. Uh, the, this was a a team win, and the the QB wasn't needed. And you know what? I'm glad. Right. I want this. I want this team to be more than hey, Josh Allen. Go do something incredible so we have a chance in this game. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what you need. It's well-balanced teams that go deep into the playoffs. And they just showed that not only can they run the ball and play defense, they also showed that they can coach a little bit. Right. And don't get me wrong. We got our, you know, we got some lucky breaks that they a gave lot of us. Them. Right? The rough of the passer, that was a bonehead move by their D-lineman. Um, the, the, the block punt, that should have been a block punt instead of rushing, roughing the passer. He basically came through free and hit the punter where he should have dove five yards beforehand, blocked in, that could have resulted in a touchdown for them. So that they did bonehead yeah. plays, but because we ran the football so well, right? It didn't have to come to Josh Allen and turn the ball over or anything like that. We ran the ball so well that we had time of possession. So that's why we rolled up so many points. Mm-hmm. Two or three bonehead things by them and us running the ball for almost 300 yards. That's what mm-hmm. it turns out to be a, whatever, 21-point win. You know, instead, yeah. to me, it's 28 points. I'm saying almost 30, but that's fine. Uh, right, know? right. And it wasn't going to be a great day for throwing the ball anyway. Right. You know, it was it was raining, it was windy, it was cold. I mean, that's not that, that's not weather in which QBs excel. Exactly. And receivers. And, and so right. bad, and let me say this real quick, I'm not to interrupt you. It was so bad that Dalton Kincaid had two drops. Consecutively. Two drops. This dude ain't dropped the ball since he hasn't dropped a pass since training camp, mini camp. <laughs> and he dropped two of them, so that's just how bad it was. So go ahead with your thought. I didn't mean to interrupt. You. No, that that was that, I was concluding my thought right there. Okay. Yeah, I just I didn't like to drop passes once again, but under those conditions, it's hard to catch the ball. It's hard to see it. It's hard to track it. Um, and that's those that that's the type of game you got to run the football. And it wasn't just our receivers, it was our DBs too. We dropped three interceptions. Well, okay, and that really annoys me because Benford, buddy, you don't let the ball into your pads. Right. You catch it in your hands. Your hands. Yeah. And I mean, Stefan Diggs did the same thing. You let the ball yep. get into his pads. Get into his body and it bounced off. Yep. That's why you'd catch in your hands because it doesn't ricochet like that. Right. Uh, a few more lucky breaks that the Bills got. I counted five egregious holding penalties on the Bills that did not get called. Mm. It was strange because for the first time ever, I thought to myself, wait a minute, are the referees on the Bills' side? Yeah. Never thought that before, but... Uh, I got to tell you, after watching that game, those refs let a lot of holds go. And I can guarantee you that if it were the Bills on that end, we would be just loaded up on social media with all the videos of all these missed penalties, which just goes back to 
what everybody has been talking about all season long, which is the refs have been bad this year. Right. And like I always say, I have no problem with bad refs as long as you're bad both ways. And they seem to be a little worse in favor of the Bills. I'll take it. Right. <laughs> I'm We're just due. trying. I'm, I'm just trying to call a spade a spade here. Hey, no and, problem. And that's like, what we do here on the show. You know, when, when I get good and pissed off over the Bills missing a ton of calls that go against the Bills, I'm going to say so. But in in the games where the refs get it right, I'll mention that. And when they get it in favor of the Bills, it is worth mentioning. And I will take it because these are the Buffalo Bills. And usually you have to beat the opponent and the refs in order to come out with the better score. And that's why I rock with you, man. You always keep it a stack. That's what we do here on the Jamie D. Big News Show, man. I keep it a what? Keep it a stack. You Keep it real. Ah, I love your slang. I am so behind the times. You know, I use the term cap now because of you. Oh, geez. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, no cap. No, and people are like, "What are you talking about?" And I'm like, "Ah, Big Newt pulled me. That means like not messing around. Like I'm serious, right? Yeah, no cap. Like you ain't you ain't lying. Yeah, but that's kind of old now. That's old now. Oh God, that's kind of old. I mean, you can still say it, but that's that's kind of old. And the only reason why I know is because I got teenage kids. So you know, (laughs) well, somebody's got to keep us young, man. Why not them? Yeah. So with this win. Do the Buffalo Bills look like the team to beat in the AFC? Yes. And Tell yesterday, yesterday I came home from work, man. I watched Undisputed. You know, I tape all the shows, Undisputed, uh, First Take, all those. And I just wanted to see what, because you know, they always lead off with the Cowboys. They always, always. Do, Right. So I just wanted to see what they was going to say. You know what I'm saying? And so they mainly talked about the Cowboys and how disciplined they are, how mentally untough they are. Mm-hmm. They gave, you know, Kyle Cowher gave Buffalo some props, but it was mostly about Dallas. It wasn't really about us. But mm-hmm. Kyle Cowher said, he was like, in the AFC, that's a Buffalo. We make it. You don't want to play us. And that's why I said, we're not dead yet. And let us mm-hmm. get in. Are you like, because I, I know a bunch of, being where we're from, we know a bunch of Ravens fans, right? Are you scared of Lamar Jackson and the Ravens? You but asked you me this. And, 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 we talk about and the answer already? is yes. Okay. We talk the answer about is yes, because to me, they are one of the two or three best teams in the NFL. And should I worry about one of the two or three best teams in the NFL? Yes, I absolutely should worry about them. I, and I guess I'm not worried about them until they do it. Until they beat us. But you did. We did talk about this. I'm sorry. We talked about this last okay. week and the week before. But I'm not scared of Baltimore. Okay? I'm not scared of Lamar Jackson. I think we could bottle him up just like we did three years ago. All right? Or two okay. years ago. What was that? Two years? Two years ago. We threw the pick six. We beat him. Yeah. Two yeah, years Last ago. year, well, they also played against the Ravens backup. So. Right. Anyway, continue. All right. So. Are you Baltimore? Who else is up there? Kansas City. We already beat them. Already beat them. Uh, Joe Burrow's hurt. I would rather not play Kansas City again, but sure. Joe Burrow's hurt. They're just they're they're just buying their time before they fall. So why not us? If we could get there, why can't it be us? That's that's, all. That's a good point. So speaking of the national media, 
I was listening to Greeny on the radio on the drive up to Rochester from D.C. yesterday. He said that the team that is going to represent the AFC is the in the Super Bowl is the Buffalo Bills. And he said, and don't jump all over me for saying that because I know they're not even in the playoffs as of now. But they are peaking at the right time. They're showing yeah. a physicality that they haven't shown previously. They have a line that can block. And Josh Allen is the kind of guy who, if you wind him up, can do literally anything, Greenberg said, is the second best player in the NFL. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. And then we didn't even talk about that. That's a good lead into teams peaking at the right time. Uh-huh. We're definitely we're definitely on the upswing, right? Our arrows definitely pointed up. What about the Eagles last night? Did you watch the Eagles against <laughs> Seattle last night? That game should have never even been close, nope. let alone a Seahawks win. Seahawks win, bro. Seahawks win. Julian Love with the pick in the end zone. Notre Dame grad, I must say. Picking the end zone. That boy, Drew Locke, went down. Mm-hmm. Beautiful pass. Beautiful pass for a touchdown with like 30 seconds left. He he looked like the real deal, didn't he? Yeah, man. Yeah. So kudos to Seattle and everybody looking at So you're talking about peaking. People looking at the Eagles. I mean, really, we should have beat the Eagles, but we ain't going to talk about that. Good and they haven't been looking good lately. So are they on a downswing? You know? So. Right. You're right. You want to be peaking at the right time of year. And then how the schedule sets up. We got the Chargers this week. And then we got uh, McCorkle. We got the Patriots. And then we if Miami lose one of those games. They got a difficult schedule. If they lose one game, we'll be going to South Beach playing for the AFC East title week 18. Mm-hmm. All right? So, and that's why I love the NFL. Because it, it isn't like it isn't like college football where oh well Florida State should have made it. We already know you in the NFL you get what you deserved, mm-hmm. right? If we can't beat the Chargers, I hate to say this, y'all, not to put a damper on a great mood today. If we can't beat the Chargers and can't beat the Pats, we don't deserve to make it. I would be the first person to take. We, and that's the that's the type of person I am. I know you all don't know me, but. Yeah, my kids mess up. I'm the first one to jump down their throats and get in their butts. If we can't beat the Chargers and we can't beat McCorkle, then if you were one of those fans that don't want to hear nothing bad, then don't tune in to us those weeks. Because I'm gonna <laughs> rip up, I'm gonna rip us apart. Because and it's been time. We talk about it on this show all the time. It's been times where we could have made the playoffs, just win the last game against the team with their third stringers in, and we couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. It's been times we've talked about this on this show. And (laughs) I have to tell you, I'm a little bit more concerned about this game against the Chargers than I would have been. The Chargers let go of their head coach, Brandon Staley, who (sighs) is a University of Dayton alumnus who I was rooting for because of that connection. He's a bad head coach (laughs) and deserved to be fired after giving up 63 points to the Raiders. Right. Unfortunately, when teams let go of their coach, you typically see what I'm going to refer to as the dead cat bounce. Mm -hmm. You drop a dead cat off the top of your house. When it hits the ground, it's going to bounce. Right. And that's what happens to a lot of these teams who are left for dead. And 
you combine that with a short week traveling across the country, this game is going to be more difficult than people want to believe. And it, after the big win against Dallas, this actually has letdown written on it. I, so, I understand where you're coming from. I get that. And they got a new coach. We ain't gonna, we're probably going to have a handle on what he's going to do. I get it. I understand right? that. Yeah. But so it even me. with all that, even with all that, if we can't beat Easton Stick, who I don't even know where he went to college, right? If we can't <laughs> beat him, then we don't deserve to make it. You're I'm right. Not saying, I'm not guaranteeing nothing. I understand exactly where you're coming from. I am not making no guarantees. But if you can't find a way to beat Easton Stick with a brand new coach, who probably don't even know all his players' names, then <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know who's going. I'm being ignorant. I don't even know. Did they elevate a, a coordinator? Yeah, they they promoted their uh, – a guy who used to be a defensive line coach for the Bills. Okay. I don't even know who it is. And honestly, I don't even care. I'll find out 7 o'clock Saturday night or 8 o'clock Saturday night on Peacock. What kind of crap is that? <laughs> who has peacock how are you even gonna watch the game you don't know how many calls i made yesterday and trying to figure out how i'm gonna watch this game this weekend oh well uh peacock gives a free trial i know that i know that well but there I'm you go saying, but i'm just saying can you i mean can you bootleg it or is it gonna be showing up there locally and then uh, up here it's gonna it's gonna show up locally on what though? Your local uh, you, here it'll be NBC. It'll be on NBC. Yeah, up here. Are are you coming up to visit the Dubicos for Christmas? Are we? Gonna, no. Are you coming up here to watch a game? No. Oh my God, Newt, you got to come up here and hang out with the Dubicos for Christmas. I'm actually going to Florida, like I do every year, and Simone and Simone's basketball team is also coming because we're playing the Orange Bowl Classic. Man, They're playing over Christmas in you South just, Florida. You know how to disappoint me. Well, maybe another time. You disappoint me worse than I disappoint my mom and my wife. <laughs> That's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. <laughs> but uh, you know what we was talking about yesterday, though, while I was doing a mad scramble trying to figure out how I'm going to watch the game? What? I'm like, I told my wife that we got to do what we did last year, except this time you're going to be holding the phone. Remember yeah. last Christmas? <laughs> do you want to talk about that? See, you probably remember this absolutely i remember this you so just traveling. to set it up for everyone okay. i was in an airport flying to uh it must have been oh yeah i, I was fly, was i flying to or from uh, one, one of the two but i was in new haven connecticut something like that anyway uh i they weren't showing the game. They couldn't get the game in the airport for whatever reason. And we got there super early so I could watch it. So what does the newt do? I FaceTimed the boy and he points his phone at the television. And we end up not only watching the game, but commenting on it together. Yes. Yes, I, yes, we did, man. So that's what we need to do this time. If I can't get the game, then you're going to have to just FaceTime. <laughs> Yeah. And hold the phone. <laughs> yeah. No. That's that that's what it comes down to. And you know what? I'm cool with it. Oh man. So you all 
will get it locally on NBC, but everybody else will have to go to Peacock app to see it. That is right. Okay. That's why I, I, I wanted to talk to you about that. So that means I got to find a way to bootleg the signal for Rochester NBC. I could do that. All right. Yeah, you on. can do that. All right. Yeah, you just set up your zip code as being up here. However, they only let you adjust that once. So, you know, if you want to make it seem as though you're, I, I don't know, um, in D.C. so you can watch a Wizards game or something, and who the hell wants to watch them anyway? We are but horrible. Don't be. You're not, you're not going to be able to, uh, to then bootleg it that way. We shouldn't be talking about this. You know what? The uh, know. FCC and the FBI is going to show up and take you to jail. I know, right? <laughs> Somebody goes rat on us and snitches, snitch on us. No, snitches everybody. Get stitches, man. Yes, snitches get stitches. We will be getting the Peacock <laughs> app and doing it very legally, like we do every week. Yep. <laughs> yes, we will. You mentioned the Wizards, man. You know I'm a big Wizards fan, dude. Man. Have you ever have you heard that they're building um, a new arena over at Arlington? Have I heard? Yeah. God, yes, it actually is very upsetting to me. Why is that? Um, because basically, what this is going to do is leave a section of downtown DC for dead. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a property owner in DC. I care about these things. Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay, they they messing with your money. They're messing I with my you. money. I got you. I cannot understand. And I'm a Wizards fan. I have never seen a team go 4-20 and 20 and they get new arena. They're spilling millions and millions of dollars to relocate them and build a brand new arena. They're getting a $2 billion facility. Yeah. Like, that's crazy to me. In, in a section of town <laughs> that has impossible traffic that cannot yes. be remedied. Yes. Because it's on the water. So there's you can't build new roads. That is right. And even it's over by Potomac Yards. And yes. I was reading the article in the post yesterday, and they were saying that they even the uh metro that gives out Potomac, they can't handle that kind of traffic. They're gonna have to turn that down and redo it. No, they were building a new a new metro facility, which in the metro is the subway for those who are listening. Right. And then it was announced, and they went to the person who's in charge of the project, and he went, "What? We didn't know we were going to have to handle that many people. That our current <laughs> plan, like what we've been building, is not going to suffice. We right. need to start from scratch now." Oh my God, you guys! Yes. <laughs> and by the way, metro stations cost like a half billion dollars to build. So. Right. To right. to do that and then have to start over again. Oh my God, what a what a mess we've got here. But hey, right. you know we're not a DC show; we're a Bill show, so we digress. Right, but we got a lot of DC backers listen to us, so we, we do. We got to yes. appease to them a little bit. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, man, you see, Jordan Phillips has surgery Sunday night yes. on his wrist, so he's week to week. But on the other end, Daquan Jones. Is coming off IR, so his 21-day window is opening. Uh, McDermott said as of Tuesday evening that he probably won't play this week, but look for him to come back and make an impact there, right? Well, I tell you, they missed him terribly for a while. They have figured out what to do without him. If he can get into football shape by that Dolphins game, 
I'm feeling good. Oh, I'm feeling damn good. Warm and because, fuzzy good. Because the two QBs who you have in the meantime, which is <laughs> who's the quarterback Stick? in San Diego? Easton Stick. Is that Easton his name? Stick. I don't know where he went to college. You want me to look, man? Why not? And, may, and Billy Zappi are coming it's up. Zappy. Oh my. Well, Zappy's been looking all right lately. He's right. been looking all right. Yeah. But at the same time, Bill Belichick is – the locker room knows he's getting fired, so he probably has lost them at this point. And yeah. when things are not going well, his act does not go over well in locker rooms. Right. So I, I, I like the Bills' chances against these teams. Then again, I, I don't want to be – like you said, I, I, I don't want to be ignorant about this. It could be that Easton Stick turns out to be a great quarterback, and we just don't know him yet. Yeah. However, <laughs> did you feeling see, okay about that. When you talk about Bill Belichick and his stick, you know one of the storylines this week. Did you watch the Denver game? Did you see the highlights? No. Did you see Sean Payne? He ripped Russell Wilson, a new one. Oh, that I did see. As a matter of fact, I was out at a bar and I saw, I saw that. I'm like, look at the way this dude is yelling at his QB. Yeah, and people are saying they don't even know if they he could come back from that, you know. But we'll see. I don't know. Why can't you come back from that? To address your quarterback on national TV, and 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 to seemingly not deserve it. Like, <laughs> like they got down on the goal line and they didn't score, but none of that was like Russell Wilson's fault. Like, so it just came out of nowhere. But um, people who know, you know, the commentators and stuff that know Russell Wilson, they know how mild matter he is. So he kind of took it. But what if you was yelling at somebody who can't? That's not going to take it. You don't know well, if you you know. You don't know if you'll be able to do it. And that could be a culture ploy. Don't get me wrong. You know, as a kid, dude that plays sports, I mean, sometimes the coach are digging to you to just send a message to somebody else. Yeah. Right? But like Kyle Carter said yesterday, the quarterback position is so hard and so methodical and cerebral that I don't have – like confidence is everything. So if you turn your quarterback down, it might not – you might not be able to uh, get recovered from it, Right. But, but don't you think Sean Payton has the cachet to overcome that? If I knew what cachet was, I would be <laughs> No, I'm just playing. No, I understand what you're saying, right? And and so they were saying on the herd show and stuff that, you know, you yell at – you might be trying to send a message to your O-line or send a message to your defense, and you yelling at him, be like, hey, man, I'm about to rip you a new one today. Don't take it personally. You know, and then you yell at them and then you hug them afterwards. Some people go, and they were saying that Russ might be able to go for that. You know, and don't get me wrong, I've done that before. Mm-hmm. You yell at somebody who you think could take it to send a message to everybody else. You know, you act crazy. It's like acting crazy. You know, you you know who to act crazy with. Just like Draymond Green. Let's switch in the back to basketball. Draymond Green at this point, he only messes with the people who he know he can mess with. Because some of those dudes would kick Draymond's butt, mm. but he he punched Jordan Poole last year. Uh, he he uh, choked out uh, the French guy in Minnesota, um, mm-hmm. and he just got uh, Nurkic 
from Phoenix, I think he punched him and now he's suspended. He knows yep. who to do that to, right? So you got to know your personnel, who you're dealing with. I think he knew he could do that to Russell Wilson. Now, Russell Wilson was a head quarterback. Like, forget you. I make $200 million. If I go to the owner, they'll fire you before they trade me, mm-hmm. you know? So, but, I mean, maybe this was the type of year that Sean Payton, you know, has been kind of tough. Uh, he's coming about the booth. I don't know. I, I, I want to learn more of this as it goes on. But hopefully it's a situation where he know he has a relationship with Russell Wilson to do, do that because you never see that. You never see a head coach and a quarterback going at it on TV. That's no. why it really stands out to answer your question. So perhaps – he has that kind of relationship. Uh, he's won a Super Bowl. Uh, he's new in the city. They they just have they had a bad year. Um, and is this who he really is? Because um, what's his name? Played in Seattle. The cornerback went to Stanford. The smart dude. Oh. Yeah, Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman. Thank you, Richard Sherman, because he played with Russell Wilson, so he's commenting on it, right? And so. Richard Sherman was like, you know, that was me. No way you could get away with that. You know, hell, Richard Sherman argues with Skip Bayless on national TV. I mean, like, argue. Like, you ain't going to mm-hmm. talk to me like that. Who the hell you talking to? That's it's bananas, right? But he was commenting on it. Like, having played with Russell Wilson in Seattle, he knows his, you know, he knows his demeanor. And he, he, he spoke on it. Like, yeah, they'll get rid of Sean Payton before they get rid of Russell Wilson. He's making yeah, mostly because of that contract. Right. He's making too much money. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I just thought that was interesting, and that's something to keep an eye on. Yes, sir. You know, so. Buddy, this was fun, wasn't it? It was great, man. I'm glad you took the time out of your day so we could give the people what they want, man. So we're going to come to you live next week, man, uh, day after Christmas, well, two days after Christmas. And mm-hmm. be new to be on South Beach, and you'll be up in the Chester chilling by the fireplace with your loved ones. Amen, buddy. So a very uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you, buddy. Happy Holidays to you, my friend. I love you, man. Well, I love you, and I love everybody who listened all the way to this point in the podcast. Happy Holidays to you guys, too. Happy Holidays. Hey, 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 hey. Let's go, Buffalo. Big win.